Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The crosses of St. George are flying all around me. Come on, England, we need to sort it out. Put the straps down, pull your finger out. Where on earth are you from? We from England. Where you come from? Do you put the kettle on? Frankly, Frankly, Russia, Russia should, should go away, should, go away, should away, shut up. Добро пожаловать в Россию! series of World Cup themed instalments. We'll be sidelining our mercurial relationships with SCFC for the following month in taking to the studios to focus entirely on England's ventures in Russia as well as so much more. It might seem initially here as if we don't have any special guests in the studio but when you think about it my fellow Roker Report contributors are the special guests. Joining me today is not only Nick Wiseman of the classic Sunderland fanzine It's the Hope I Can't Stand or the really lovely sounding acronym ethics for short, but also renowned TV personality and winner of Miss Blythe 2009, Connor Bromley. How are we doing today, lads? Very well, thank you. Very well. Glad to be here. Tremendous. Uh, appreciate the introduction. Um, 
it was a big day when Miss Blythe 2000. Uh, I can imagine, yeah. yeah. Was the competition fierce? <laughs> it was. It was at Croft Park. Uh, yeah, I mean, thousands there. I wish yeah. it was there. Yeah, it was, it was a big day. It was <laughs> arguably the biggest day in Blythe history. Uh, honestly, I mean, the, the people of Blythe are very aesthetically fine. I'm, I'm sure you agree. So <laughs> to, to win from, from that bunch is, is high, is a high. It's a high achievement indeed. Yeah. Alan Shoulder scored that goal against um, Rexham. And, um, oh, my dad remembers that. My dad does, not me. It's at St. James's Park, actually. Oh, there's a pound in the swear job. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, it's not, not quite the Rodwell swear job, but it'll do. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> anyway, yeah, so in the coming weeks, we'll be giving a, a retrospective analysis of the England games, much like we do with Sunderland, hopefully without the same feelings of disappointment that come with analysing Sutherland games. But since the tournament's still on the horizon, we're going to be giving our two pennies worth on who we think's going to top each group, who's going to be runner-up, and who's going to fall by the wayside at the first hurdle. So we'll start with Group A, in which is Russia, the hosts obviously, joined by Saudi Arabia, Egypt and Uruguay. So we'll go to you, Connor. Well, who do you think's going to top that group? Uh, Russia's having a bit of a nightmare. They haven't won since, like, October, I don't think. Mm. So I think Uruguay, I don't think Mo Salah's going to be 100% if he plays at all. So that mm-hmm. knocks Egypt down a peg. So I think Uruguay will win it comfortably. And then it's a battle between Russia and Egypt. But I think Russia will lose against Saudi Arabia. You think they'll uh, lose against Saudi Arabia? I think they will. Um, so I think it'll be Uruguay and Egypt. I think Russia will collapse. And you don't think the millions of um, the Russian oligarchs going to pour in? Nah. <laughs> Maybe, but no. I think if it's a pure footballing uh, experience, mm. then I, I, I kind of see Russia doing that well. Well, I think the atmosphere will firmly be on Russia's side for the, the opening day, surely, won't the it? The key you know? is the, the first game. If they, can, like, if they start well against Saudi Arabia, score a couple mm. of early goals, I mean, they should hammer them. Yeah. But I don't know. They've just been really poor mm. for the last year. Yeah, I mean, they're not really a good side, but like I say, with that atmosphere, I think that should really make the Saudi Arabians shrink. And that's saying quite a lot because I did a bit of research. I think on paper, the Saudi Arabian team is the smallest in the tournament. That's old as well, I think. Yeah, they're quite old and quite small and that those attributes generally don't board well for a yeah, I was actually surprised. an athletic team. Over. Sorry? Are there many fans coming over? Are they shipping any money? Saudis over? <laughs> no uh, idea. Well, I mean, I suppose... In a reverse way that they ship... Workers into Saudi and but, but they've been to World Cups before. They've actually been like four or something. They were in uh, Korea, six. Japan in 0-2 when they lost to Germany 8-0. I think they went to uh, 90... It's not the best accolade to have on two and track six. record. But I think they've been to three recently. Aye. So, I don't know. I, I, th- I, I think Russia will struggle. I mean, it's quite an easy group so they might get through. But yeah, really they have got a relatively easy group, I think, compared to what they could have got. Yeah. And we needed to predict a 1-2-3-4. We're just going to go... Yeah, we'll go one, two, three, four. You know, keeps things quite. Oh, all right, okay. Well, I'll, I'll say Uruguay, Egypt, Russia, Saudi Arabia. Yeah, I can't argue with that. By you, Nick. Yeah, I think Uruguay certainly top brings it sort of a bit of a clogging mentality back from the um, from days of yore. Um, but I think I'd go for Russia second, mm. Egypt, and um, Saudi Arabia definitely getting the wooden spoons. So we've all basically unanimously agreed that Saudi Arabia are going to finish bottom, but Probably, there's a bit yeah. of contest between Russia and Egypt for the second spot and Uruguay firmly. I like one Russian player. The got one. a guy called Golovin who plays centre mid. Golovin. He's like 21. Uh, are you looking for him in your book? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you can hear the, the, the flicking of paper, I'm actually going through a Panini say, yeah. sticker album that is placed just below my mic. Have you got a Golovin? A Golovin. Oh, let me see. How would you... He's a centre mid. Centre mid. He's called Golovin. He's not on here, you know. Is it not? Wow! It's quite a niche pick from you there, Brom. It's not a niche. It's not like he's well, eighty-one. Really you've seen something that Panini haven't. So <laughs> <laughs> there's that. Joe Hart's in there. So yeah. that little shit. Ah, so that's I'm true. Not, like, yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. not gonna 
uh, question my own footballing intelligence. Is Yuri Zhirkov on there? Is who? Zhirkov. I'm pretty sure there's a Zhirkov in here somewhere. He used to play for Chelsea back in the day. So Yeah, Yuri Zhirkov. Not got the sticker, but the name is most certainly there. there. Not the French guy from Days of Yule. From Days Come Back. No, No, not that one. Anyway, Group B. That's an interesting group, that one. Yeah, that's Spain, Portugal, Morocco and Iran. Is that a group of death? What do we think? We'll spoil you for that one. After after the, the heady days of the early sort of noughties and late night, well, they've been doing well the last 20 years, haven't they? Had a... Yeah, that is so. I don't know. I think Portugal, European champions without ever really winning a game. That was yeah. an interesting spectacle. Uh, Morocco and Iran have got absolutely no chance, to be fair. So, do you reckon? Nah, none. But they do play each other in the first game, which makes it interesting because if one of them wins it, which I kind of hope yeah, they do for the that group. That could spur them on, really. I yeah, mean, then one of Portugal and Spain loses, then they actually have a chance. If they can nick a draw. Yeah, of Portugal or Spain, then they might have mm. a chance of going through. I, I mean, the, the Iberian continent sort of rivalry as well. It's just going to spice things up. Yeah, so I think I, it should be Portugal and Spain. Like it should be really, but like you say, it is interesting that Morocco went around played each other first. You know, should one of them get a result over the other, then that could spur them on to Spain lost. Try to look against Spain up, Spain or Portugal, whoever they play first. And Spain went out for uh, last time on the group. Did didn't they? Yeah, Got yeah. Off Switzerland, the... I think. No, it was. It was Holland and Chile, I believe, wasn't it? Oh, Holland, Holland hammered absolutely them. Absolutely. Yeah, the beats were Plowed them 5 1. Yeah, then Chile put the nail in the coffin, didn't they? Yeah, but I mean, Morocco and Iran, I don't think of any pushovers, really. I mean, I suppose when you say it, if a team's not very good, they're not very good in relation to the best teams at the World Cup, which obviously, you know, I, some of the best possible be, formations of players in the world. I'd be bullshitting you, like, if I told you much about <laughs> Morocco and Iran. <laughs> well, from my... I know they've got, Iran's got, like, one player who's scored a ridiculous amount of goals, mm. but I, I don't know anything beyond that. Yeah, the only player I really know from there is Ashkan De Jagger. Played for Fulham a few years back when they oh, were yeah. relegated. So, I mean, if, you know, if, if that's the best player you've got, him. On your roster, which it probably isn't, to be fair. I'd imagine there's some good players over there who just play abroad and we've not really heard of. But, you know, they've got some players in the ranks who play for some from decent teams, you know. I mean, I'm just looking here at my half-complete set of Moroccan <laughs> players and there's some that play for Juventus, some for Fenerbahce. I mean, you know, you don't play for teams like those if, if you know, if you're not a if you're not a good player. So you have to think that really, you know, a moment of complacency from Portugal or Spain could yeah. see Morocco and Iran possibly doing something, but... You know, I, I have know. to agree, really. That it depends what kind of mood Ronaldo's in, isn't it, really? That is true, yeah. yeah. I think an upset's not... There's always an outside mm-hmm. chance of an upset, but... I don't think it's a comment in that group. Yeah, I, I, I'd have to I'd have to agree with you, so I think it's them two going through and the other two ah, ruin their luck at a group of death, really. So we're saying Portugal or Spain top? Spain. Spain top, Portugal second. And Morocco and Iran in any which order, really, I think. To whoever wins that first game, really. Yeah, hopefully that's not just our ignorance of um, uh, their teams. Yeah, I doubt there's you know, any Iranians listening to this, so... That's a good point, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm sure the Moroccan contingent <laughs> of Roca Report uh, sat there in their homes now at whatever time is Morocco, angrily seething as we it's speak of their nation. Really bad, a couple of hours, I don't know, one or two hours not knowing of their players. Group but, C. Uh, group C, yeah, so... France, Australia, Peru, and Denmark. That's a that's a good group. That one. That is a lovely group for France. It, it yeah, they're, they're all good teams. Austria, Peru, and Austria, Australia, Peru, <laughs> and Denmark. Mm. Uh, Denmark obviously absolutely destroyed Republic of Ireland. They did, didn't they? Yeah. In the in the playoffs, Denmark are a good team. Uh, Peru have even you know they've got um solid. Yeah, the, the striker who they didn't think they were going to get being cleared from drug use. I can't remember his name. 
I was reading about him the other day. Anyway, it's not Jefferson Farfan, is it? No, no, he, no. he he's he is still going, but it's not him. Mm, yeah. Uh, Peru are decent. Australia, I think Australia are probably the weakest team in the group. Oh, definitely, um, yeah. They don't really have much beyond like Miles Jednak. Yeah. Tim Cahill. Mm. We've got Matthew Leckie. I can't believe Tim Cahill's still going. Yeah. 38-year-old, that is what feels like his 50th World Cup. Is it Millwall? This yeah. past year? Yeah. He's bound to score against us next season. I well, know we're not playing them. Well, no, Remember, we got relegated. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't even score against last year. He did come on, but he didn't score. He did, yeah. Came on for the last five. So I think that's an so interesting first tenuous connection to Sunderland, mate. I know. Yeah, there's something very unsettling about still seeing Tim Cale play football. You know, just, every time you see him, I know Sunderland aren't at this tournament, but you just feel like he would somehow score somehow against us. Somehow play yeah. against her. It's funny, actually, somebody asked us the other day if uh, the World Cup would impact our transfer business. And I was mm. like, you do realise we're now in League One. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we're not going to be signing Asamoah anymore. Like the World oh, Cup. I'm really... sure we could dip into our into our transfer kitty and see what Panama have got to offer. You know, no, we're linked to the Tunisian decent market. market. Well, the valuation on Kasri might go up or down depending on how we. That's true. Or... Yeah, we do have two players there. I hope Kasri like scores three against England in a four-three loss. That would be but nice. Tunisia, obviously, England win four-three. That would be good. Yeah, our national pride is maintained and. Kazri's value skyrockets. That that is what you want. Exactly. So yeah, I'm guessing. So yeah, we're all in agreement basically that France are the certs to go through at first. I think it'll be Peru second. Peru second. Peru second. Ah, oh, fancy Denmark. There'll be parties in Lima. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you. On the streets of Lima. Yeah. Oh, you're chatting beans about Lima, mate. <laughs> Is yeah, you no. sorry? Denmark second. Denmark second. Yeah. To be fair, Denmark's got a, Denmark are probably the second best team in there. But I'm I just don't want to keep predicting European teams to go through because that's the ones that most mm. about. So I'm, I'm going with Peru. Yeah, we'll, we'll go for Peru just so it looks like we you know we've got the, we've yeah. got the illusion. Because now we've, we've sent through Peru and Egypt and well, we're Russia, Egypt, Uruguay. So you know. yeah, yeah, we, Russia are, are, are a European team, aren't they? And we we took them out. That's what, I don't know. What, oh yeah, they are classes. I, I suppose UEFA, yeah, but well, the, yeah. the play now are qualifiers. So I don't most, the, most the of the games nation. are in the European part of Russia. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Right, D. Okie dokie. Let me just. I mean, I could just look at the screen, but I'd rather say, flick through the... my Panini yeah. album just so I can. Look at my lovely, almost complete album every time. Have you got any teams complete yet? No, I've, I've got two more I need for Uruguay and two more for France. Nice. We'll predict that for the final. It's going to be Uruguay-France. It's quite a tricky group, group here, isn't it? You've got Nigeria, Croatia and Argentina. But Iceland. Iceland and Iceland as well, well, yeah. Beat England last time. Iceland's well off the boil, though. They've not really won many games recently. So Yeah, I mean, it's the first World Cup which is obviously a great achievement and they've obviously come on a lot in the past four years you know I think the smallest population aren't they by oh yeah by a significant margin only yeah. a few hundred thousand people mm. yeah I but think they're all they're... they all go to the games <laughs> it's like <laughs> all the of them yeah didn't they say when they beat England wasn't like a massive surge in pregnancies <laughs> well, I mean that's news to me but I'd like to believe it's true yeah. you know I mean? <laughs> sounds like a bit of a apocryphal tale no, yeah, the yeah. population's going up. That's that's how they're gonna uh, keep creating footballers. Just <laughs> yeah, they're, they're, breeding yeah, after this, wins. This is, not, this is how like a massive sort of footballing surge in Iceland starts. You know, like the population rises, more great footballers come through, rinse and repeat. Next thing you know, Iceland's a Wait, footballing I... superpower. God knows we would fit them all, though. It's not a particularly big country in terms of landmass. Like Greece, a few years ago in Greece, won the European Championship. Was it in two thousand and four? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And all of a sudden, the Greece came from nowhere to win the European Championship, and then they have no one's heard of them since. No, they're not a much incentive, have they really? No, yeah. and, no, but they kind of just drew their way. Again, they were a bit like Portugal's. They just yeah. bought their way to victory. Oh, it a, yeah, it was... Yeah, the, the, it was attritional, I think. It was, yeah, it, was, yeah. it wasn't, it wasn't the... the 
It wasn't a, a great spectacle. But I do remember cheering them on at victory. It's always nice to see the underdog. It is. We've never ever yeah. really seen that in the World Cup. 2006 or 2002, I can't remember when it was. No, it was 04. Was 04? Greece. Yeah. Greece was 04, yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. But we've not seen like a... I don't think in World Cup we've ever seen like a little, a smaller nation win it. It's always one of the favourites always ends yeah, up winning Yeah, yeah. I mean, even at the Euros when yeah. Portugal won, they were the underdogs, but, you know, they weren't like, they weren't yeah, like the stereotypical Denmark, underdog, were they? You know, there was still a, a, a decent enough team, you know. Greece winning it was obviously Denmark won it in 92, because, yeah, it I think. And then I don't think yeah. they qualified for the World Cup after that. Yeah. So... Yeah, they smuggled on the side, didn't they? Who's this? Yeah. Denmark in 92. They won the Euros. In night two. Oh yeah, but with World Cup, so you you oh, very qualified for a few World Cups in between. Then I'm sure they must have. No, Denmark have. I'm yeah, saying yeah. though they didn't qualify for the one after they won the Euros. All oh, right, all oh, right. Yeah, yeah. Go. I mean, obviously, before either of us were born, like mm. you probably would tell them about that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I take it it's a given that we all think Argentina will top that group. Yeah, I think Argentina are scary good. Yeah, the first game as well falls on like World Cup Saturday, which is mm. Saturday coming where there's four games. Which we'll all be looking forward to. As well as it's like. Yeah, it should be a good game. Yeah. So I think it'd be. I'm sure yeah. they'll be their usual plucky selves, but they'll lose in a spirited 3 1 loss. <laughs> it's hard to predict the rest of the group, to be fair, because. Uh, Messi come good this year, that's the thing, because he's. he's, he's talking kind of... about reti- he's talking about retiring after the tournament. I saw that on Sky Sports. Yeah. How old is he now? It's only 30. Like retiring from international. From international. He's got another World Cup in him, surely, you know what I mean? Yeah, maybe. Sure. I think Argentina they always seem to be well they got the final last time but they got the final last time without playing well they weren't mm. particularly mm. good last time Yeah, uh, I think Messi even got player of the tournament and wasn't mm. no great shakes uh, well if Tim McHale can do it at 38 then Messi can do it at 34 you know yeah. that's, that's a sound enough so you see in Argentina 2022 <laughs> but no I think I think if you're going to call it probably Argentina Croatia yeah yeah. I think that's where the, I mean as much as you'd probably like to see Iceland do well yeah, I, I think Iceland are coming bottom, really. You know, because Nigeria are not. That's a pretty good team, aren't they? They're quite a consistent team, Nigeria, aren't they? You know, mm. they, they they never really do anything in any tournament, but they've always got like a decent couple there. of players. Yeah, yeah, the lowest finished second or third in the groups. It's Uber still the round of sixteen if they get that far. Uber Ferry Martins is he still going for Nigeria? I don't believe so. That man's anywhere between forty and twenty nine. <laughs> like, so like really, yeah, you, you can't really make much of a, a call on. I've scrolled down I mean, there. I don't know if we're. If we're are we all going Argentina, Croatia? Was anybody fancy Croatia, Nigeria? Nigeria, Iceland. He, yeah, that's so. my order. If we're all in agreement, then yeah. Good, good. Right, group eight. Brazil, Switzerland, Costa Rica, Serbia. So, once again, Brazil, top of the group. I can't imagine there'd be much of an argument against that. Nah. Switzerland are good. Switzerland are quite good. Switzerland won nine uh, qualifiers and didn't... Did uh, they? Yeah, yeah, they won. Hold on, let me flick furiously to Group E. Yeah, but Switzerland actually went through the playoffs because Portugal won nine as well. Mm. So Switzerland won their first nine games, played yeah, Portugal in the last one and got beat. Yeah, uh, Portugal and Switzerland won nine and lost one. The only games they lost were to each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, oh, so. Switzerland are, are good. Like mm. Switzerland should come out second in that group. So who else was in the qualifying group? In that one. Mm. Oh, in Switzerland's group, you also had, well, to be fair, now that I look at it, it's not particularly a <laughs> qualifying group. You've got, no, hang on, you've got Hungary, the Faroe Islands, Latvia and Andorra. I mean, you know. It's not the greatest. No. I, Still nine wins, though, is impressive. Yeah, I, I can't name any good players from any of those nations, but that might once again be my Eurocentric ignorance. Yeah. In. yeah. Well, Eurocentric, well, they're all European well, teams. You, you, well, mm. you know, like <laughs> Western European-centric. You mean big know? clubs, yeah. big, big nations. Yeah. Nah, I still fancy Switzerland though. And mm. if Costa Rica are lining up with Oviedo at left back, then yeah. we've got no hope. 
Well, I mean, I'm putting Costa Rica bottom, but I'd have to argue against Switzerland second because the Serbian team also has a very... England the other night, weren't they? Sorry? So uh, Costa Rica, well, mm. weren't great Other way, England. No, no, no. So... I mean, I don't think they're... Uh, you know, they did well in the last World Cup, didn't they? You know, they got to got the quarterfinals. The you know, they, they, they topped our group almost inexplicably. I remember reading in four four two, and everyone was just so confident. I know, but we, we went out straight away, didn't the bottom we? Of that group, we picked yeah. up one point. Hi. <laughs> Couldn't even beat them. We drew nil nil in their last game, I do believe. But yeah, so can anyone see? Can anyone see Brazil being beaten in this group? <laughs> no, personally. If I they think, are, it'll be the first game, but I don't think so. They're think pretty Swiss- strong this yeah. year, Brazil. Like. Yeah, I think either Switzerland or Serbia could get a draw, but no one's beaten them. I think Brazil as well. They've, they've actually got a defence this time. Mm. They've got a defence. They've yeah, actually yeah, got yeah. a goalkeeper, so, yeah, exactly, which is yeah, like they haven't got Julio Cesar of QPR. Yeah, the, the I think they're the arguably the strongest team. Apart from maybe Belgium, they're probably the strongest team, mm. like on paper. And they're attacking quality. I mean, you've got Jesus, Neymar, Firmino, Coutinho. Yeah, it's it's not to be questioned really, as I think. Yeah. Well, I was looking at their midfield. They're going to probably line up with Pauli- Paulinho, who's at Barcelona. Renato Augusto who actually plays in China, but he mm. plays under Tite, plays defensive mid. But then they're going to have like a front four of Coutinho, Gabriel Jesus, Firmino, and Neymar, which is That's scary. Just, it is scary, provided they can click. But they've been keeping clean sheets as well. They've kept like four straight clean sheets, I think. So it, it's hard to imagine, really, that. Yeah, well, if I've got like attack and flair with actual decent defence. Yeah, so. a team with that quality should be picking up nine points in most groups, really, shouldn't Yeah, I, th- I think that Brazil, I think for most people, are probably the favourites, aren't they? I think, at yeah. this competition. Yeah. Brazil yeah. or France for me. I, I could see a final between them two, but that's thing we'll get to in a bit, really. I'd have to argue, like you said, I'll go back to what you said about Switzerland finishing second. I'd have to really go against that because the Serbian, the Serbian yeah. team, I, I dare say, boasts more or less the same amount of quality as the Swiss team but they're just aided by so many just like massive like physical just like brutes yeah brutes shit houses whatever word you want you know <laughs> they, they all mean the same thing but I think that'll be the difference really you know you've got people like Ivanovic and Kolarov in defence you know they can bully any yeah I and think any attacking player really journey to Russia as well so it's, it's doesn't almost cross the border so it's what was that sorry it's a very short journey across the, to, to Russia as well so. oh yeah true the supporters will be en masse. Yeah, I never really thought about that, actually. Yeah, I suppose there's a there's a certain geographical advantage yeah, that, that maybe a, a Balkan nation would have going into this World Cup, wouldn't I, it? I found it weird that some countries have been like trained in London to prepare. Like That's the South American that. nations and African ones yeah. have been going to London. <laughs> it's just like, we're not that close. No, no, <laughs> to, no, like, yeah, I, don't, I don't see what advantage that well, would give you. Yeah. <laughs> well, go, well, they kind of get in, can they? <laughs> it's not even like a similar climate, is it? You know, I'm sure it's a lot colder over in Russia. I don't know, not in summer. It's hot in summer. No, I'm sure... We've just got like the yeah. benign climate where it's never too hot, never too cold. No, I'm sure Nichols are listening to that and absolutely oh, laughing my... Oh, Nichols is my resident Russian. Yeah, my extremely poor football. knowledge of Russia's climate. <laughs> it's it's going to be that game too, though. I think the settler group would be Serbia, Switzerland, because Switzerland play Brazil. Mm. If they don't actually win that second game then they could be pretty much heading out no basically so it's interesting I think that'll be an interesting group to watch after Brazil mm. so yeah. yeah for certain we've got Brazil first and Costa Rica bottom and then it's a it's a toss up yeah it's toe to toe between Switzerland and Serbia for the runner up spot yeah run F yep Germany Mexico Sweden and South Korea that's got to be Germany top, hasn't it? Got to be Germany top, yeah. I mean, generally, you know, there's always like a top seeded team, isn't it? That's the big dog of the group that you. If you don't really predict to go through, you need to have a very, a very sort of plausible reason to justify them. Yes, I think Sweden are 
not the team they once were. I think yeah. without Zlatan's not yeah, no, no. anymore. Sweden, it, it's incredible how weak they suddenly look without Zlatan. Mm-hmm. I, I'm surprised, to be fair, that they actually made it through into the, the World Cup. Mm-hmm. Something mm-hmm. There is. I mean, it's still got Seb Larson playing centre mid. Yeah. And Mexico, is... they still... Mexico are decent, but they, they're always just the last 16. I think I saw a thing well, where they've been last 16 since yeah. like World Cup 98. So I think Mexico probably f- favourites to go through with Germany. I'd imagine so, yeah. Uh, they, they're much like Nigeria as well. Have a very just sort of, you know, a, a, just a very decent team by World Cup standards. Yeah, you know, they nailed on a second or third, and then round six, yeah. then the round of sixteen, and nowhere beyond that. Thing is, Mexico, a lot of their star players are now playing in like the MLS. Mm. A lot of them seem to prefer playing in like California to yeah. Europe. Mr. Donald Trump's <laughs> must be <laughs> must be affording to get ladders yeah, for that wall. Much to the dismay of Trump's blueprint for the wall. Yeah, as for South Korea again, I would I would probably be lying. I'm gonna see if I. Oh, yeah. I, can't, I feel like they're a one man team with Hoing Min Son, though, aren't they? Really? Yeah, I mean, good player. So he beat me in his debut at the Steam I remember that. Did he? Did he? I remember. I was there. I didn't think he looked very good. Right, where's that team? Go on, South Korea. How many players do I know? Well, I'm sure, Ji Dong Won. Well, he's not here, but Ji Dong Won is in the Panini album. As is. Is Ji Dong Won not being called up? Well, I'll be I damned. Don't know. I'm offended. <laughs> Man City fans can breathe this over <laughs> Yeah, but Joe Hart's not playing luckily. So, Key Key's playing for them. Former Sunderland player. He must be at Lonely. Will be at Lonely. Yeah, should have signed him instead of Rodwell. Oh. I know. But yeah, I really tangential, but yeah. I it's amazing Rob wasn't missed out for England I know yeah, I thought he was going to be captain when we signed him I thought you know this World Cup would probably be the one where he you know pretty stumped on the team yeah and Harry Kane got it instead didn't he I know disgusting bizarre I, I, just, I don't see Harry Kane as a, as a leader of men but yeah in all seriousness I don't actually think Harry Kane's the right choice for no captain. no I mean I, I can't I can't imagine Harry Kane sort of like barking orders to other players or nah. galvanising a team in the changing room it's always strange having a striker as a, as a captain I always think because when Shearer's captain in there I always thought it was odd because he's at the wrong end of the pitch yeah, he's yeah. your, your striker's sort of ahead of everyone else you know if he has to sort of instruct other players he has to turn back away from the yeah. goal which is where he's meant to be pointed at for the entirety of the game yeah. really you he's know, not yeah. going to be able to get back though. like I think with a captain if you've got a centre mid you're, you're typically you're Roy Keane captain yeah. You want him to be able to shout at the left back for not following the man and the yeah. right back. Harry Kane's not going to know, is he? Mm. Like he's going to be. It just it just seems silly. I think maybe. Have you seen Jordan Henderson or Pickford? Should we? Uh, Henderson yeah, would have been. I, a I, decent don't, shout. I don't. I really rate having goalkeepers as captains either for yeah. a similar reason. Really, you no, know, they haven't really. They haven't got the ability to sort of come away from where they're meant to be to sort of give the orders that they but need. I, I think with a goalkeeper as well, like it's expected that the goalkeeper will be shouting at his defenders. So you yeah, don't need yeah. to give him the armband because. Mm. He has that position of respect. You should always give it to a centre back or a centre mid. Yeah, really. yeah. I mean, obviously, you know, yeah, the, the players that are more or less situated in the middle of the park. Yeah, are the ones. That I, I think that's one of the, the, the issues that England have, though, is the fact that they don't have that big personality they don't, in, really in the team. They don't have. They've got a lot of good players. I think the the team's actually. I think some people are maybe underrating them going into the tournament, but they don't have a, a leader. Yeah, but and Harry you think surely if, yeah, if Jordan Henderson is Liverpool's captain, then why shouldn't he be? Champions League captain, exactly. Well. A Champions League, a, a, a yeah. captain. If he's if you've got a captain there who's just played in Champions League final, why shouldn't he be? You know, on an on a stage like the World Cup. You know, it's. Well, I guess Southgate's trained with him, and he's seeing what he likes. So yeah. I suppose that's his decision. And there's clearly something about Harry Kane that's sets him apart from a golden boot. Anyone with Harry Kane? It depends if we can get through our group. I presume are we moving on to Group G now officially? Yeah. 
I suppose yeah. we can. You know, Germany first, Mexico seven, the one-man South Korean team third, and the no-man <laughs> Swedish team fourth. Right. Yeah, straight to Group G then. Belgium, Panama, Tunisia, and of course England. Right. Panama are useless. Panama, We've got like one yeah. player who plays for Seattle Sounders. Yeah, we've got a player called Fidel Escobar as well. The- <laughs> big fan of that, yeah. Uh, Tunisia, Tunisia are actually all right, but again, though, like if they're one of their better players is Wabi Kasri. Yeah. Nah, we, we should be beating them. Mm. If their best player is Wabi Kasri, then we should be beating them. Well, I think we should be beating them, yeah. But... Chelsea Eskol. You could. <laughs> you could. Yeah, he does. He has that kind of goal in him, I think, any given moment, really, when he's getting forward. And Tunisia, I think, will be the team that are going to bank on either ours or Belgium's yeah. moments of complacency to Nick's second spot. And... That's where I, I want to make a, a hot take just here on Belgium. Steaming hot take. Yeah, a very uh, piping hot take Go on. on the Belgian team and Roberto Martinez. They've not been doing so well recently. You no. know, Martinez, he's not having a good time of it. You know, he's leaving it. He's made some strange choices, leaving out some, he's some left very good players. Yeah, he left out nine goal and, you know, he's not had a very good record coming into the World Cup. I There's always one team that's really good on paper and falls by the wayside at the first hurdle. I'm fancying Belgium to finish third. <laughs> Tunisia second, mm-hmm. us top. Panama predictably bottom. So you think, think the only thing is is Belgium played Panama on the first game, they which do. means that Belgium will win that game and that'll that'll settle them. It's a shame that the Do you think beating Panama would, would settle a team in this tournament? I mean is it, oh, Panama. Is, is, it is it not a given that you should beat Panama really? I mean, no, I'm saying they should, so yeah. that but that'll relax them. If yeah. they were going if the first game was Belgium England, then that would have that would have been very hard for both them nations because then there would have been mm. real pressure, but Belgium suppose, should yeah. get past Panama very comfortably. But a plucky Panama prevail for like um, yeah. Ooh, lovely bit of alliteration there. <laughs> well, yeah. You've written the headlines. Yeah, plucky yeah, yeah. Panama prevail. Uh, prevail against bad Belgium. <laughs> bad Belgium. Yeah, it's quite drab that comparably, isn't it? But yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, obviously, I would see them beating Panama, but I could see. I think when that that draw was made, I think everyone underestimated Tunisia. Everyone's yeah. just like, oh, Tunisia, go on holiday there. You don't go on holiday there anymore. But apart from Kasri, who, who do we know who plays from? They've actually, their best player is actually point. injured. Um, isn't playing at the tournament. Can't remember his name. I did actually do a, a preview for Tunisia for the other website I work for. <laughs> but I yeah, remember. and yet here we are, unable to name <laughs> <laughs> the players that you've previewed. All, all, all worked and went and well. Yeah. No, Wikipedia. Admittedly, I've, the only knowledge I have of players that aren't Kasri are the ones that I keep getting in packs that I buy. Uh, Sky Ali Malou like seven times. <laughs> plays for a team in Egypt. You got the swapsies. Yeah. All right, let's have a look. Let's have a look. Uh, I can see Ali on the screen. I'm trying to see the one who's injured. Yeah. Well, it's quite presumptive on the podcast. I, I sort of assume for no good reason that the people at home just know what we're doing, even though all we are from their point of view is, you know, a, a voice on Aircast or YouTube or That's whatever. True. But yeah, just for clarity, you. We were there looking on on the available PCs in the studio at the Tunisian team. <laughs> and to <laughs> trying to put our yeah. expert opinion yeah. on such matters. To no avail. We, st- we still really only know Wabi Kazari and it's, friends. It's, it's That's bad. what this team is to me. It's bad for me because actually my best friend is actually half Tunisian. So right. I should really know a wee bit more yeah, about him. He, he could have clued you in maybe on yeah, all, all he, things he's, Tunisia. He's got home. It hasn't gone terribly well. Yeah. It? yeah, no, it hasn't. <laughs> I think it's. Um, He's got he's got himself into a, a difficult situation, really, because I don't think he ever really envisaged Tunisia playing England. No, and obviously that's going to happen. 
think so he's, he's torn between his... He's supposed to whoever wins, probably. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's can do that. I suppose. Yeah, you may as well think the winning team. So you're saying Belgium third? I'm saying Belgium third, you know, a nice, nice steaming hot take. Not fourth, no. I... No, because they'll be Panama. Yeah, I reckon it'll be one of those where there's no draws and it's just 9-6-3 now. England top. Tunisia coming in at second. Belgium with three points and Panama. Do you think England's going to win it? All Happy to be games? there. I do, to be honest, yeah. I, I think they will. I, th- I think England will go They're through quite all right. strong, aren't they? Yeah. They've been good going at the tournament as well. They have. I like the look of uh, Sterling. I like the way they've dealt with the Sterling situation as well. Yeah. Yeah, I do. doesn't seem to be phasing them. So. Yeah, there's an I interesting think... question about that when we come to the, uh, oh. the Twitter questions later. So, yeah. No, I think... I thought there was a guy from the Northern Echo who made a very good point that the, um, the way that they're, that they're putting the um, players out to speak. They're not, not hiding away. the players are yeah. speaking. Mm. I thought that was... Um, I think it's true. I think it, it does make it's a difference. It's very refreshing. Yeah. And, the, and the way that um, Sterling came out and talked about it, I thought, well, you know, fair play to but it. But if you don't talk about it, it leads to, like, speculation, doesn't it? Exactly, Often yeah. it's, it's the same thing with moving it to Sunderland. It's like when Stuart Donald's on Twitter mm. and somebody goes to him, well, I heard this, and he's like, no, that's not true. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yes, if, that is true. If the person in question just comes out and yet, outright denies whatever claims is being made, that just sort of kills yeah, off. it nips it in the bud. Yeah, but, it, it doesn't let the tabloids sort of ruminate on whatever whatever problem's happening really exactly. so it's, and I think it's good that Sterling's killed off whatever the Sun are trying to stir up it's the Sun in the mail but I think it's the well, whichever with the, the press though you, you see it, particularly with Sunderland I've noticed it when we're with the old regime the press could speculate on everything yeah. because the club wouldn't yeah. deny yeah, it the club was silent like yeah. you know so if something bad was happening you, you'd never get like a formal statement no. from being off shorts but it's the same with right transfer speculation and stuff whereas now the local press literally aren't reporting things unless they're you know, concrete because yeah. they know that the club's just going to be like you're talking shit, which <laughs> I think yeah. makes, it, it does make a big difference. Like it's interesting that that sort of openness actually sort of makes you more of a closed book because there's no speculation. Because in the old days, the fans would like say, "Well, it was in the Daily Mail, so it must be right." But now yeah. they're saying, "Well, it's in the Daily Mail, it must be must be wrong." Yeah, uh, if you try I'm, and waffle on Twitter. Big Stew is right on your case, telling mm-hmm. you what's what. I think now, like in, in all honesty, Rogue it's Report fantastic. is actually the best place to go for. Sunderland stuff because oh, yeah. we actually have the, the contact now with the club and I don't think anybody else does <laughs> was it the sun, not the same extent I don't think no the Sunderland had a piece the other week saying oh oh, Stuart Donald's only bought 5% of the um, club and he's only paid he's only paid 5% of the, of the great fee how disgusting is that well that's business isn't it I mean, yeah what's kind of what kind of um, trying to take as he's putting on it it's just trying to stir up it's like, it's like if you buy a house, like it, you might have a million pounds in the bank, but that doesn't mean you're going to spend 300 grand on a house straight away. You know, it doesn't make sense for him to blow his money mm. straight away. You know, he's got a lot of money to spend this year. That's just, eh, just an aside from all this, really. We should probably finish off Group H. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There will be plenty yeah, of time yeah. to talk some. Went down a rabbit hole there, didn't we, a bit? But yeah, anyway, Group H, I think, is the only group apart from, well, I suppose the first one as well. Groups in here to say they're probably the only ones that don't have a a, a quote unquote big team in there to sort of occupy first spot. Poland, facto, yeah, good. Poland are good, but as are Colombia. Yeah, and, and Senegal, and they're joined by Senegal and Japan just for the for the sake of clarity. There, I think they're yeah. all they're all like three three stroke four out of fives, aren't they? They're all decent, good, mm. and in that group they've all got a chance. I think that's probably the group where you you kind of actually. They've all got a chance. Yeah, I think you'd have a very... I think of all the groups, that one's the hardest to call. Yeah. I think you can make a case for... Well, I think you can make a case for any of Poland, Senegal and Colombia finishing first. I, I personally couldn't see Japan doing it. Possibly not, but they're not that far behind them. It's, no, we're not, not talking like... 
any uh, of those teams could Belgium, qualify. Tunisia, definitely. England, yeah. Tunisia levels. Like they're all very close in terms of quality. Yeah, Poland have a very good offensive outlet. That's for certain. I think Poland's probably the strongest team in the group. You think so? I would say so. They've got because James Rodriguez. I just think he still hasn't quite got that elite level. Whereas Poland no. genuinely have Lewandowski, who is yeah, genuinely yeah. like he's Harry Kane sort of level. If mm. we're going to say that England have got a world class striker, which might help. Yeah, I suppose Harry Kane's the closest thing we've got to that. Yeah, whereas they've got Lewandowski, who's been there, done it, got the t-shirt, yeah. played the big games. So precisely, yeah. I think Poland. Poland, I think, oh, in that group, mm. Colombia second. Probably Colombia yeah. second. Yeah, I'd, I'd be tempted to say Colombia. Well, I would say Colombia first, but like mm. I say, it really is for me just a, a toss-up between those two. Those two for me have the strongest, Columbia's strongest like defensive Mexican, units. Mexico, really, isn't it? Sort of, it's always like quarter-finalists. You know, in yeah. '94 when Escobar got they're all just a good team, goal, aren't they? Goal, gave that one goal away and. Got somebody Shot. murdered. Mm. <laughs> They're playing with fear. Yeah, fear of death. It might just be a case of who can who can outscore the other, really, between those two. But I suppose for the sake of the argument, for the sake of an argument, I'm going to go for Colombia. Poland second, Senegal, and then Japan. Third and Japan second best of the other three. Can we see any big shocks or results in the, in the groups? Thing? I feel like the it's what Alex was saying before about Panama and Tunisia. Like yeah. you'd expect England and Belgium to go through, but that but England and Belgium are both the two nations that are capable yeah. of knacking it up. Because England, we've seen it happen before, and Belgium, like they've got this quote unquote golden generation, similar to what we had ten years ago. Yeah, but you hear a lot of golden generation teams, often the ones they that don't. sort of disappoint. Yeah, they don't. Frequently, I mean, Ivory Coast were a very golden generation team. Yeah, they, they yeah. never ever. They had the Touré right. brothers, Drogba, and they, I don't believe, do they ever get beyond a group stage with the World Cup? I mean, they had a really bad luck in 2010 when they got Brazil and Portugal. Aye, ended up going out, didn't they? Yeah. I, they that was gone as World Cup, that one. Yeah. I think, I, I think too, like Portugal, European champions, but aren't necessarily the best team. Hmm. Could they trip up against Morocco and Iran? I think if they're going to be shocked, it'll probably be in that group or in England. I think group. so, yeah. Well, it depends if you, what your class is a shock, because I don't think Russia will go through, which I think is the host nation. Well, I mean... In a group like that, they should. Russia's team, on paper, I don't think is brilliant. You know, I think... I think they wouldn't be the worst team in that group at all. You know, I think it'd be a shock if they finished bottom. You know, if they got beat... Off, I think if they got beat on the opening day by Saudi Arabia, then went on to lose the other two games, that's a shock. But if they gave you know a good showing in the groups, I think that's pretty uncontroversial. Right. Anywhere, anywhere that's not really second or third for them is something that would be quite a surprise. And I agree with what you said before. If there's going to be any shocks, really, it would probably happen in our group because, like you say, Belgium and England have the, the uh, you know, we, we the fragility yeah, factor. We're both have a tendency to be the architect of our own demise, and <laughs> Tunisia will probably be hoping that one of those. Prophecies is realised once again. But yeah, so that's it for the groups. Let's move on to the second part. More specifically, let's talk about England specifically and whatever chances they have of making something out of Russia 2018. Now, the particular, now this particular incarnation of the England team is not the most inspiring on paper, as I'm sure you would both probably agree. You know, Gareth Southgate's not the most exciting bloke in the world and the bulk of our team... You know, aren't very experienced. You feel like we've got about ten caps between them. 
when you look at them on paper. But that being said, there's plenty of reasons to be positive. What do you think, Nick? Yeah, very, you, yeah. Yeah, it had a very good um, little qualifying campaign. It's it pretty unprecedented in, in the amount of wins they had. Yeah. Was it undefeated, weren't they, as well? They were, yeah. I, I believe they won seven and drew two. But instead of just... I don't think we've lost, lost a game yeah. since we lost Iceland. Isn't that the, the stat? No, we won eight and drew two. Yeah. No, I don't think we have lost a game no, no since we've lost to Iceland. No. We're a very good team outside of tournaments. I actually think yeah, we're yeah. record. It's... I think it's been very sort of... Um, Gareth Southgate was very underwhelming appointment, but then he's gone with it and he's yeah. he's steeped in the England tradition from the under-21s. Mm. And it's been, I suppose he's been manager at Middlesbrough and he's... It just it's probably just one of those it might even be like a, a rat and Alf Ramsey was was very uninspiring when he became England manager and then he won the World Cup. But I don't yeah. think, I'm not saying gonna say we won't win the World Cup, but I think he we might surprise a few people. I think um, I think um, he definitely could. And I, I mean I didn't expect him to have the job at all, you know, when Allardyce got sacked for I would love to have seen Allardyce. <laughs> oh, I mean, that, with I, this I mean if, if if nothing else it would it would just be it would just be satisfying watching all these sort of Foreign managers with the sort of you know very very charismatic leaders, yeah. and then this big Sam from Dudley with his England squad. It's interesting that we, I think one of the things that might hinder us is just simply that every single player plays in the Premier League. Hmm. And we must be the I, only I think nation. Yeah. Uh, oh no, well, no, Russia have the the same sort of problem. Every... If if you want to call it that, yeah, I'm I'm more or less sure that the vast majority of the Russian team play in the Russian Premier League. It's just, it's interesting when you you think about though I mean how many players in our squad have actually played outside of you outside of England and it's Eric Dyer who played for the Sport in Lisbon and yeah after that I don't think there's another player that has played abroad I'm not saying that's necessarily yeah. a positive. hasn't Oxlade Chamberlain played for Fiorentina or am I imagining that I've got absolutely no idea I don't think so I don't Oxlade Chamberlain's injured anyway all oh, right. That, uh, that could easily be off a footy manager save, you know. Now that, now that I think about <laughs> it, that could be. Yeah, I, I do this a lot. It's sometimes I do that yeah, as if well. I play if I play FM too much. You know, like reality in that game just blows into one. No, I'm with you there. It's bizarre, but I think it is um, it's a very young average age as well. I mean, it is, yeah. Ashley Young and sort of Gary Cale are the oldest mm. people there, aren't they? Really, Cale's got what, sixty caps. That's the most. Which again, that's. You know, there isn't actually. I mean, it's good in a lot of ways that we do have a good young team, but. Maybe there's a little bit of a lack of experience. In yeah, there. I mean, I think a young team sort of works well if it's juxtaposed by experienced veterans who can sort of bring yeah. them on, you know, sort of keep the keep the boots on the ground, so to speak. But is, is Gary Cahill, if, if that's what Southgate's going for, is Gary Gahill the guy to do that? You know, is he the is he the the, the wise elder of the team? Really? You know, I mean, Chelsea have kind of floundered since Terry left, hasn't he? Since he's been captain. Yeah, it's we need a kind of Martin Keown type figure. Yeah, <laughs> I think that the one thing we do like I don't know if it's necessarily in defence but I think in midfield just seem to lack that one player who you can look at when the chips are down to, to rally the team and yeah. I don't think we'll have that player like Dyer I like Dyer but he's not really a scruff of the next sort of player no and right. I, I think it might be harsh to say the same with Henderson I'm obviously I do read Henderson but I don't know if he's the guy like who can do that we well, need kind of Sergio Ramos type player I mean, he got he got slated after the European Cup final, but you know, yeah, he won it. He stopped Liverpool, didn't he? Yeah, it's yeah, a shame this tournament's not taking part in 2014, so we can all make a case for Gus Poyet's Lee Catamol <laughs> the team. In. Yeah, I remember. I remember when there was. Is there, is was, there any players that you would have put in that England squad? Is there anybody who didn't make it who should have? Because I know people were talking about 
Lascelles from Newcastle. And I think he would have been a, a probably a better pick than somebody like Harry Maguire or Phil Jones. Yeah, I, I don't think Lascelles is a bad player at all. You know, I think I yeah. think I think he should have been given the the nod. I think he's had a great season. I don't think uh, Shelby should have got it. No, I don't think so because he's just a massive knob. Yeah, I'm just upset. <laughs> just... Yeah, and there's always the, there's the tradition <laughs> so as well of so yeah. yeah, there's the tradition of English players, you know, getting sent off at really really inconvenient times at World Cup tournaments and I think if you wanted any player to have that accolade this year then Shelby would be nailed on because mm-hmm. you know like you say he but is just a bit of a knob I wonder too if him and Henderson get along because they were both at Liverpool at the same time and Henderson obviously stayed and ended up uh, being the captain and Shelby ended up going I wonder if there's a bit of bad blood there I mean you never never really heard out on that really before but I yeah. suppose you couldn't rule it out I know Gerard said that Shelby was like a good Mercurial. player but wasn't mm. To sort of didn't have the maturity to be at Liverpool. No, league, yeah, so. you, you really, you, you need your temperament for I a tournament like this. Kind of lad who gets his head down, is doesn't get involved in that kind of spat, does he? Oh, he's a model professional, Jordan Henderson. Yeah, I think you want. I feel like if you could have his mentality across all the players, you know, yeah. this isn't just me talking as a biased Sunderland fan, but if you, if you could have that sort of mentality across all your players, I think you'd have, you know, just the right mentality to take on a tournament where mm. you need to make every game count. Henderson's got legs, hasn't he? He's, yeah. he's so energetic, and he, I think people underrate his actual football ability sometimes. Mm. But he's a very good passer of the ball, can score Absolutely. very good goals, mm. um, and I think he, he does get a bit of a harsh press. I don't, I don't know why he does, but people, England fans, just I think it's just because he's, he's just quite general, isn't he? In what he does, you know, he's just quite a good all-round player. Yeah. But if you don't really excel in anything, then people will sort of question if you justify your place, mm. you know, in a Champions League contending team, but. When his first bursting through under Steve Bruce, I mean, some of the crosses he used to put in for some for Bent for Bent scores were just was outstanding. Oh, so. wait, he started as a right midfielder, didn't he? Yeah. At the start, he was a he was a he was a great young player coming through at Sunderland. He oh. probably needed another year, I think. I, th- yeah. I think they sold him too early because he stuttered a little bit when he first went to Liverpool. He, yeah. If he'd had that extra year at Sunderland, <laughs> then went to Liverpool, I think we would have benefited, and I think he would have. Um, I think a lot of his reputation actually comes from his early days at Liverpool when he he wasn't getting in the team and. There was the didn't he say the other week that Rogers nearly swapped him for Clint Dempsey? Well, I didn't hear about that. No, he, he did an interview where he said that um, Rogers had agreed a deal for him to go to Fulham and Dempsey to go to Liverpool. The same Rogers who said that his stadium lap was packed because they couldn't see Swansea. Mm. Well, I mean, you know, Clint Dempsey's a, he was a, he was <laughs> a figurehead in the American team, that, wasn't yeah. he? Which clearly shows good character. Yeah, obviously, which, as we all know, was Rogers. Rogers model. was the key attribute Rogers looked for in a footballer. Yeah, but I think apart from that, I'm actually—it's disappointing that the the system doesn't allow Jamie Vardy in because of the way that we're yeah. lined up. Because Jamie well, you say Va- that you say that with Jamie Vardy, I think you have a really good impact sub. I mean, I feel like he's at a point now where he's probably just about old enough to just maintain the most amount of pace he could possibly. He's lightning have. quick still. Yeah. Absolutely lightning quick. He's never really had that injury though, to his because like Michael Owen had the uh, hamstring injuries yeah. that like totally yeah, knocked that, his that pace. Did, that really clipped his wings out. Yeah, whereas Vardy is still scary fast. Yeah. So I, I would just like to have seen Vardy. He's get... someone to link up with in the midfield, doesn't he? I like it at Leicester. Yeah, but he's got Morris, hasn't he? But yeah. I don't know. Him and I think him and like Ali could have had that, but they haven't played together enough. So mm. it's a shame that I think Vardy, you know, he possibly won't get the game time that I think he deserves. Mm. I think he is a a, a very useful option. Yeah, um, I think if we if we like when when we're up against you know if when we're up against really big teams in tournament who are playing well, 
if we were to maintain like a very resilient shape for 80 or so minutes and if we were keeping a game at nil-nil and we brought on say Vardy and Sterling to just sort of give that Change things. yeah give that fresh injection I th- I of pace still, very young yeah. Sam, isn't it? still yeah it is um, most players are under 26 aren't they there's only three over 30. It's still scary. Like, look at Danny Welbeck, man. He's 27. He's been around since... How old was he when he was at, uh, at he Sunderland? Was three, he must have been 19, 19 20. He, well, he was there in 20... It was 10, 11. So it was 20, 10, eight years ago. in that 3-0 Chelsea game. Yeah, he would have been 19. Stanford Bridge. He would have been 19. Yeah, he was 19 and 20. Um, I think, though, that he got the squad pretty much spot on. There's not much I would change. No. Um, I don't think I would have took Welbeck, but he's goal-scoring record at national level. Is speaks for itself, yeah. so I can see why he yeah. took him. Rashford, uh, again, it's a shame that they might not be able to get him as much game time as he probably deserves. Mm. I think, Sti- I suppose, it bodes well that we're saying that. You yeah. know, I mean, we're saying that we've got loads of good players and we can't give them all game time. If it was the opposite problem, where you know, we were not, where, yeah, where we were stretched thin and we were like, well, we've, we do, we've got weaknesses. I think we're midfield. I think we'll all admit that the midfield lacks. It lacks one central midfielder. I think you yeah. look at it there, Eric Dyer, Jordan Henderson, Deli Ali, Loftus Cheek. Yeah, I think it's one steely midfielder away from being a very Absolutely, good team yeah. in this tournament. And it's actually num- in yeah. numbers terms, there's only five midfielders anyway. It yeah. seems very light. But I suppose still in Rashford and Welbeck can all play <laughs> wings. He's took a lot of defenders. Yeah. D- defensively, Walker, superb right back, Rose, if he's got his head uh, in the right place. Because mm. he had that uh, the interview the other week. Yeah, with uh, I think it was the Daily Mirror. Yeah, about his depression. Yeah, yeah I, I don't. I, yeah, I mean, obviously, I don't know exactly where he's at at the minute. But if he's playing yeah. as well as we know he can play, mm. you've got a hell of a left back there. Oh yeah, centre backs. John, it's, it's going to be John Stones, and it'll probably be him next to Cahill. At a guess, you'd imagine so. Yeah, um, which is all right. I, I'm not the biggest fan of Cahill. I think John Stones, his performances this past year of. Um, sort of went under the radar people mm. were very keen to slate him last year when he first went to City but this year he looks was it last year when he first went yeah it was last yeah. season wasn't it mm. he's been very good yeah. um, this season understated yeah, his first opponent, wasn't it? yeah. yeah it will have been god it's scary that we started last season against um, we were drawn Manchester City, City. yeah well, Paddy McNair on the score the other yeah Two seasons ago, we opened against Man City, and Next we did year. very well open against Walsall when see, when the I think the worst season one resumes in Akr- September. Akrington's the one that or oh. Fleetwood Town, yeah, or Joey Barton. But no, I think you got the squad pretty much spot on. I think tactically the the look well set up. One mm. of the thing, criticisms of England is they always try and play like an international team. They don't try and play like a the the English way they try yeah. and play the way that the other teams are playing which I yeah, never but understand see that's what I like about Southgate because I feel like he uses a lot of the players as they would be utilised in their club teams and that would that'll, that'll lend them really well to when they're playing on the international stage because they'll just sort of know from the get go really quite naturally what they're meant to do mm-hmm. and if that can or if, they, if that can all link together in, in like a cohesive unit then that'll That'll give us, you know, that extra shard of quality just in the team. You know, we'll be more than just like you say. If we play like an international team, what we do is we end up just having loads of quality individuals, you know, like in work. a collection. But it's not a team; it's just the sum of its parts. But if they play in a team, you know, due to having that cohesion, then I think that'll give us that additional bit of quality that could just see us get a bit further. So that being said, how far do we think England are going to get? It depends if they win the group. Uh, mm. If the the win the group, well, I think they're getting through either way. 
They should, they, let, let's assume that through. No assuming that they get through the group, they'll probably face either Poland or Colombia, according to us. Uh, I'm trying to because it's always it's always the Never adjacent groups, top team against the other group's second, and vice versa. So if we were G two, we'd face H one, and if we were G one, we'd face H two. So G two, if we finish second, we would face probably Colombia. Well, or Poland. Well, how, well, it's going to be Colombia probably, or Poland. Probably, yeah, Either Colombia way. or Poland essentially is who we'll face. It's yeah. a very kind draw, isn't it? So you've got to be looking at semi-finals, really, haven't you? Well, who would we get in the quarters, though? Ooh, uh, hang on. I'm pretty sure there's a nice little map in the sticker album. Yeah. It's on there, but the, you've got to work out the, the stupid... So, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, let's have a look here, right? So, G1 and H2. So, yeah, assuming we win, we'd, we'd, face, we'd face either the winner of F1 and E2 or we would face the winner of E1 and F2. So, we'd face the winner from the E and F groups, basically. Right. And who are they? They, I'm pretty sure one of those is Germany, if oh. I'm not mistaken. Well, and one's Brazil. E and F. Yep, E and, e and F will Germany, probably be yeah. Germany. So we're basically going to walk in Brazil or Germany in the quarterfinals. Yeah, I think realistically, we should be expecting to reach the quarterfinals. <laughs> minimum. That will be yeah. where it ends. But yeah, that could very well be where it ends because there are some very, very good teams in this. The thing is, though, they are like on paper Brazil, Germany, they should get beat, but. We're not that far away from them, and you never know in a ninety-minute game. No, yeah, and we've had so much yeah, bad. It's luck not impossible that we games. could beat them, but I mean, think when we played... that's when the challenge of the tournament really begins. I think for England, but think when we played Germany in what was it, twenty ten, yeah. when Frank Lampard oh, hit the ball with like three 0 down, that, that would have brought it to three two. Yeah, you know we've had bad luck. We've had some minging World Cups like that. Not allowed because of the um, because the goal went in, but wasn't. Didn't, it crossed the line, but it wasn't given. That's again on top about Lampard, yeah, and, and also you did the diver. It's um, yeah. So I think we're due a wee bit of luck. Penalty uh, shootout luck, maybe. It'd be great. Do you know what would be good if we could like exercise that demon? If we could get that over that and yeah, win a that, penalty yeah. shootout, that, that would really signal like a new generation for England, yeah. wouldn't it? If we could, if we could beat the Germans on penalties. If we beat the Germans on penalties, we're winning the tournament. I reckon. It'd be scary. We'll be we'll be so we'll just be galvanized so intensely. By beating the Germans on penalties, we'll just go and win it. We'll fly through. But I but, think, yeah. I mean, honestly, I it's can't, quarters. Like, yeah. we're a quarterfinal team, aren't we? And mm. That's what we've always been, and that's where it'll. Yeah, that's where it'll end. Although, I don't believe we've got as far as the quarter since 2002, have we? I don't recall how well we did. No. In those uh, six. 2002 was Japan, wasn't it? Oh, yeah, was, Korea, was Japan, Brazil. yeah, it was Brazil, yeah, and they beat us two-one, didn't they? Yeah. Well, I mean, I, yeah, I mean, personally. I'm expecting the quarterfinals and little more else. I can't see England. No, the quarters and yeah. I can't see England being the team to win the World Cup. My money's firmly on France to win it. I think you know, like I've spoke earlier of if you can juxtapose a team with youth and experience, you know, you've got a you've got a formula for success, and I think that could take France all the way to the finals and get them their second World Cup. But what about you, Connor? What do you who do you reckon? Honestly, you know, not just trying to big up England. Who do you think is going to win the World Cup? Uh, I think it's going to be. It's Brazil, Germany could meet in the final. Yeah. And I think after that semi final uh, in 2014, yeah. I think that would be a nice a nice way for Brazil to, yeah, to exact their to, revenge. Yeah. yeah. So I think Brazil will win it and I think it'll be Germany in the final. Yeah. I think beating Germany in the final to win the World Cup would make yeah, it. To hold it. it up in front of them would just about redeem yeah. the team for losing 7 1 in the semis on their own, on their own ground, <laughs> on their own home turf. Yeah, home soil, whichever the whichever the phrases you want to use for it, but yeah, I think Brazil's yeah. definitely got to win it. 
Oh, you're on Team Brazil as well. Yeah. So yeah. what? So it's uh, both Connor and Nick. You're both for Brazil. Yeah. 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 I, th- I think I think they'll be in and around it, but I reckon they'll be out in the semis, Brazil. We'll see. I'll probably potentially at the hands of France every week. But yeah. Anyway, on to on to the Twitter questions. So yesterday, wrote a report. Uh, slung a tweet up asking for some World Cup themed questions just as we normally do with Sunderland themed ones and we'll start with a fairly straightforward one from Joseph Burton who asks who will be the surprise package in the World Cup this year I think we've probably spoke about this to a certain degree already but we'll go back around the table Nick who do you think Gut Instinct is going to cause an upset at this World Cup who do you think is going to go defy the odds upset the buggies I have this horrible feeling that it's, it's going to be a, a casually inspired Tunisia against England. Yeah. That's just that's just being a yeah. An I, I, I don't know. If, yeah. Sunderland supporter and the old the old players coming back to haunt you. Yeah, I don't know if I fancy them because I, I do just see them as an underdog, or if I just think that England are prone to doing something wrong, and therefore the third best team has to go through at the expense it's of being us. Being a Sunderland supporter doesn't change as well. Yeah, <laughs> it's the hope. Yeah, it's the yeah. <laughs> uh, so. I think Peru. I spoke Peru earlier, and yeah. I'm going to stick with Peru yeah, being stick my. By you. Yeah, I'm on, I'm on yeah. team Peru. Stick by the lads from Lima. If Peru win it, I'm going to go to Lima. Paddington Bear. <laughs> Fair yeah. Enough. yeah, we're going to uh, book a holiday. Yeah, book a holiday with Paddington Bear. <laughs> Tremendous. Don't know what else. Is, what yeah. else does Lima have? In darkest Peru. Yeah. Isn't is there uh, Machu Picchu inside Peru? I believe so. Yeah. Right. Well, yeah. we'll go there. We'll go Machu Picchu. Yep. With a Peru top. Tell you what, Connor. If they win the World Cup. We will all chip in. I'll, I'm saying this on behalf of the other Crowd Roker Report lads. We'll all, we'll, all, we'll all chip in. We'll crowdfund whichever, and we'll get you to Peru. Bromley's uh, yeah. vlog when he goes to yeah, Peru. Lines from Lima. That can be. Uh, that could be it. Yeah, that lines from yeah. Lima. Yeah. 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 I like that. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, I'm good. Tremendous. Good so yeah, so that's Peru from you, Connor, and Tunisia from you, Nick. What about you, and, Alex? Oof. Honestly. I'm gonna go with Serbia for my upset. Nice. Not just getting heavy groups, but I feel like I feel like there's always it's one of those hard, hard, hard nailed teams. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're just like they're just a, a big rough team, and I reckon I think while and they'll have a vocal yeah, support. Yeah, com- exactly. Yeah, compared to other teams, I think they won't have as much quality once they get into the into the harder rounds, into the knockout stages. But that that just like as you say that like that vocal contingent of a fan base that's just on Russia's doorstep coupled with the fact that the team's just you know, a big bunch of bruisers <laughs> that can just knock their way through their opposition I reckon that could that could see them maybe you know that, that, I reckon that could see them through potentially to the quarterfinals I think if they were to reach there that for me would qualify as an upset or a surprise that, package is there, any, yeah. is there any way of Iceland meeting Serbia is there any possible because uh, that would be that would be a, a fan no because they're on the opposite wings yeah. they'd have to meet in the Final. The final, yeah, <laughs> yeah, because yeah. of the way that the the yeah that would be a very that'll be a very loud yeah loud yeah, round of knockouts of those meet. two meet they can't meet until the final I don't think that'll be alright that'll be somebody a, correct us if I'm wrong yeah, that'll There's be an absolute cry ride in Russia I'm in the sure final we'll once those two are there which I'm sure they will be now that we've said it but yeah anyway so Serbia for me Peru for Connor and Tunisia for Nick yeah right you are then on to our next question. Asked by the brother of our Miss Blythe winner, Connor, is Niall Bromley. He won in 2006. Yeah. Oh, did he now? All oh, right, well. Do you often boast that yours was more recent? Mine was a more yeah, recent win. You've maybe, you've maybe yeah. Yeah, ma- maintained those yeah. good looks that won it more so than he has. 
But yeah, anyway, he, Niles asked, how do you lads feel about the green card? Which was at the, uh, is that pronounced Conifer? How yeah, do, yeah so. which was at the Conifer World Cup. And it basically means that, you know, you would get a green card if the offence committed isn't bad enough for a red card, but it's too bad for a yellow card. In the instance of a green card being shown, the manager would have to substitute the player once they were shown it. That sounds a bit like sin binny to me. I think yeah. it's shite. I feel like it would be all right of a concept if I could sort of see some evidence of how it would be used. You know, I mean, I don't know. Are there enough instances of offences yeah. that fall between red and yellow to justify making this a thing? You know, like, are, are there... Do, I mean, the can, issue can we, is basically the, 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 the insistence that he goes off being substituted. Yeah. yeah. It's like what you do with, like, a 12-year-old when you, yeah. like... Used to say, well, so when I was younger, yeah, kid yeah. does a bad tackle, but they don't want to send them mm. off to make the game uneven, so they, yeah. they make them substitute. But I think the, the issue is you have to to clarify what the rule is. Yeah. So one of the things that irritates me about football is, you know, it's the ninetieth minute, uh-huh. you're on the count, you're getting beat one nil, and you're on the counter attack, and then that midfielder just takes the guy's legs on the halfway line mm. as you're breaking through. Yeah. That's one of them things where I think like a free kick on the halfway line in a yellow card isn't a big enough punishment. No. I don't think a green card's the way to go, but I think maybe even a case of you can select where you take the free kick from. Something like that. Like that's yeah, There's it. maybe a way you could sort of take yellow card offences that wouldn't be sort of punished enough for just a yellow and maybe just augment them to make the punishment more and severe without introducing a whole new card, which... You know, it's may a bit or may of a not. Out card, yeah, isn't it? yeah, it might it might bring yeah. out some more. You know, like it, it could lead to a few more complexities as well, it's like in the rules of the game, well, which we don't really need to be honest. Clapping is to be punishment. Yeah, but it, what what will happen is though is you get in the first five minutes of an old firm derby and a horrible yeah. tackle goes in. The referee, oh, I'm not sending him off, but I'll green card him. Yeah. And it, how does it work for the offence for the totting ups, for example? Will it be a, a red card offence or will it be a? Is it, just, do you mean like for the suspension after the yeah. game? Yeah. No idea. Yeah, I suppose really that yeah opens a whole new kind of worms, doesn't it? I mean, actually, there's a question: <laughs> if if you substitute a player in any situation, can they be subbed back on once they're taken no, off? You no, can't. Okay, no. right. I was going to say because if that was the case, then no, that can be substitute can be substituted himself, but you can't. You can't. Bring I think the back on. the right. green. If they were going to do it, it would have to be some form of like sin bin. Yeah, but again, I just don't think in football. I don't think that would work. No. Like, it's not like in, in ice hockey they have the, the sin bin. That works because it's six, it's five against four. Yeah. So you can sort of see the difference, whereas 11 against 10 for 10 minutes, you're not likely to concede. Yeah, you sin bin a footballer on, in, on the 60-minute mark. He comes off, he comes back on 10 minutes, he's re-energised. Yeah. Where's the punishment, really? You know yeah. what I mean? Like, it's... It's for me. It's 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 an idea that I can see people thinking of and thinking, oh, it's, it's yeah. good. But I think sounds like American idea, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, I could see it being in the MLS. Also, yeah. also, as well, I think there's a certain inconsistency there with the color. I mean, you know, normally you'd, you'd yeah. think maybe green, good, yellow, average, red, bad. But why would green be between yellow and red? Shouldn't it be like an orange card? Isn't that better? Yeah, yeah, yeah I agree. Because the green card orange. makes it sound like it's some kind of uh, an American sort of visa system, or yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. When I read the first line of um, Niall's tweet, I thought that the green card was going to be like an offence that was less than a yellow, which yeah, you know, yeah. which would have been utterly ridiculous. And I think, green but... means go as well, so it's like um, it's like almost a good thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I I just can't see it mm. working. I, I quite like sometimes there's the tendency to tweak things in football and 
There's some things that have been good, like the back pass rule is arguably the greatest rule change oh, yeah. in football history, certainly modern football history. Whereas when you're tinkering stuff like the red and yellow card, I just think you're, you're messing with it when it doesn't need mess. There's not enough people. You don't leave the game and go, oh, that, that red card was just, just under a yellow. For them. Like, you're going to end up grading them too much. Like, it's quite clear what a red and a yellow card is. And mm. the debate often you'd say well it was a bad challenge but for me it, it maybe wasn't quite a red yeah. but it's it's not enough to, to change it there's not that much of an issue like the goal line technology makes sense because there was clear issues with the fact that the ball was going in and the referees needed that help yeah Whereas, as, as for the rules I think we've, we've got a pretty good system in place really haven't we as long as there's any need to change anything we've yeah, got I mean as you say goal line technology was more was more of an issue with the way that we whether we were able to judge events, but the actual sort of fundamental rules that we have in place, I yeah, nothing's changed. There's it's not, just yeah, there's, there's no problem there. Referees. I mean, VARs are a, a different matter. I think VARs are not good for the game yeah. personally, mm. because we're, we're striving for perfection when you know everything's interpretation. Your your view of a red card is not my view of a red yeah. card, but that doesn't make your view or my view wrong. Yeah, then that that's the issue with VAR because. You just, I mean, I used to be a referee, so I did all the calls and stuff. Did you? Yeah, yeah. Oh, didn't uh, know that. I just hated the parents, so I stopped doing it. So <laughs> ah, one of the, the key things that. is, though, is, you know, you make a decision and there's, you know, <coughs> say 20 people watching the game and, you know, six will degree, six will disagree, six yeah. will not think it's a it's foul. It's kind of Mourinho view, isn't it? That's yeah, yeah. Says, you just got it? absolutely no, there's no way of, you can't look at any one thing and say that's a foul and that's not a foul. You can't get that because it's not a perfect game. Yeah, there's only no. certain things that you can say are perfect, and that's if does the ball cross the line, where's the throw in, where did the free kick take place? They're the only things that did you the can. Did the headbutt occur? Where? Yeah, that yeah. sort of thing. Or like you know, did he punch him in the face? That the, the sort of can be that sort sort of help for them, but I just don't think it's needed. Yeah, and I suppose that's as well, that's if, the, the fourth officials are, isn't it? He should be. Yeah, looking yeah, because he has a he has a monitor. Yeah, and if like you say, you know, if. You know whether or not a red or a yellow card is awarded is a matter of subjectivity between you know one person's opinion and another in a given situation. Then introducing a third card is just going to complicate things. You know, mm-hmm. rather than you know like you might have someone argue and you know if if it's if it's bad enough that people argue oh no that was a red oh no that was a yellow if you got you know and if you got the ability to say oh no it was a green then people would just all the referee would always end up with the green. You would see far less red cards. I think so. Yeah, I it, think. Yeah, the, I think the referee would naturally want to compromise mm-hmm. for the sake the of middle. just like killing off an argument and award a green. I just definitely for the agree sake with you of, about the colour. It yeah. seems a really odd choice yeah. of colour. It, it also, what happens if you've made all three subs? What happens then? Does that mean that you That's get a point. bonus sub or oh, yeah. do you have to get sent off? Or? I think maybe you should do it. It should be like a... a surely a bonus sub is like an advantage in it in a sense, isn't it really? Yeah. You know, I, you, I, just, I just don't think it would work. Ultimately... Yeah, you, get, you get another fresh pair of legs on the pitch, don't you? Yeah, I, I don't... I just don't think it could That's work. That's a good point. How, how does it work that? I've got no idea. Yeah, I, I think they must just get sent off. Mm. Or you yeah, keep a sub spare. Yeah. I think there's always, for me, there should be an argument where if a player gets injured, so say if it's a yellow card offence and the player gets injured, but they the team that has the injured player has made all three subs, then I think there could be an argument that you should be able to make the extra sub mm. because you're getting punished for something that's not your fault. Mm. That is true. But... Nah, I just, for that, no. That's a different story altogether. Yeah, so what's the general consensus then? No. No, No, so that's a two firm no's. I'll actually textile and I'll be interested if he actually (laughs) thinks that it's a good idea or not. Uh, Well, I'm going to be a bit more sympathetic and say that if the 
if the usage of a green card, if the situations in where it'd be used were outlined clearly, I might be a bit more lenient towards accepting it. But as it stands, based on the you know the, the premise of it, I'm going to say no alongside you two. So that's so, like a FIFA rule you've completely yeah. up there. So anyway, on to the third question from Gareth Waterhouse, which is, who is most likely to be the media's scapegoat for England getting knocked out? Uh, depends. I think this one's it's for me Raheem a loaded question. Yeah, yeah, got yeah. Written over, but has to be Sterling. The guy who has, I think, the most. If England say go out Teddy in the Ali. groups, yeah. you think it's Ali? I was thinking, say it's Kane. Yeah. If England go out in the groups without say scoring, say they scored one goal in the competition, yeah, then Kane will will get it. I think Ali's yeah. the one most likely to lose his head and sort of get sent off. Yeah, and, mm, do, and, and sort be the Beckham of '98. Yeah, drag yeah. the legs off somebody or. He's got that sort of edge, hasn't he? Which is why we rate him as a player, but he does have that, you know, you can see in the game, say we are playing... Got a look in his eyes. Like, yeah, you're playing Panama and it's nil-nil with 10 minutes left. You can see him just losing his yeah. a little bit. So I think it could be one of them. I think mm. Raheem Sterling's the one that they've already set up for failure. Oh, yeah. yeah. But they, they the, can't the, wait for him to do, for him to do something which wrong. Which is weird. Yeah. I, I kind of understand that. Like, I don't know I if I've missed something. It. I don't know if it's a race thing. I don't know if it's something that I don't understand because I'm from up here and I'm not in that sort of media circle but yeah. I just kind of understand why Raheem Sterling's getting all this press I can't understand anything about the way the tabloids go on about our players I mean the the majority of tabloids are the most just like arbitrarily you know just nationalist newspapers you know the you know like the, the, they're always back in Britain but then as soon as like an international tournament comes up when England are being represented on the footballing off. footballing people, platform, suddenly buying, the, the the tabloids just turn against England. You know, they, they become you know the but the I'm opposite trying, of nationalism. You know, they just go for the wrong kind. With with the with the internet. Sorry. Right, would you think tabloids are relevant these days? I mean, like, they're, they're relevant enough, I think, to 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 incite controversy, aren't they? Mm, you know, I, I mean, I, the, the articles you know tr- trying to pin every single problem the Sterling's gun tattoo still crop up on Twitter so you know I think really yeah the, the tabloids are relevant because social media isn't what's killing them off it's just offering a new way the, of people to see I what they're doing I don't think it's going to be anywhere near as bad though as what it was like in the the 90s and 2000s oh yeah I mean no everyone, one reads the paper anymore yeah, I mean, you no know, one's going like, to turn everyone stuck on their head and no one's going to really sort of yeah, take much notice yeah, nobody's going to say yeah, I, don't, I don't think that the papers if you think about it even from like a a local level round here the the Chronicle does have a little bit of say with Newcastle but the yeah. Sunderland Echo to say that they have you know a strong say on things that are Sunderland if they published a story tomorrow about something that was negative how many people would buy it is necessarily true I don't know the Chronicle does they've got it yeah. with Newcastle and it works for them but you, yeah. you put that on a national level and I don't think people necessarily view it's like what you were saying before if, if the Daily Mail says something you don't necessarily take it as gospel like you mm. would have well, exactly, and I think it was with what we said with, with um, David Coverdale with the Sun saying that with that thing about um, Stuart Donald, it just becomes irrelevant. They're, 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 to me, they're becoming more irrelevant. Yeah, they are. Yeah, and this Raheem story. I think um, England have been very clever. They set up and sort of getting the players out to talk to the press, so they've killed, they've killed that story. In a way. Yeah, they've done well to do that, and I think the, the story was anybody with half a brain would realize <laughs> that the story was rubbish anyway. Mm. A, why does anybody care? Like, if he has a gun tattoo and he's like... And then B, he actually gave the reason why. And some people were like, well, I don't think that's true. I was like, mm-hmm. well, he's gave you the reason. He's not publicised he's got it. They've just took a picture of him with the tattoo and they've caught yeah. it. Like, they don't publicise the fact he's got a Wembley arch no. on his other leg. 
and that's like you know to me that shows that obviously he cares and it, it's his dream to to I suppose be at the World Cup and yeah. the tabloid are trying to almost ruin it for him and I just I think it's cruel in a lot of ways. It is cruel. But he's always had them stories. There was stories where he's got like nine kids and stuff, which aren't yeah. true. I don't know why Raheem Sterling is. Tret yeah, it's so easy to think way. that he's an awful person based on all the stuff you hear about him. But he comes across as a decent bloke, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. I just, I just think it's a. I bet it, he's just a really just all right bloke. You know, I mean, okay, he's got a lot of money and he spends a lot of money on nice things, but you know, but who cares? We all want nice things that we I spend never, a lot of money I on. I never understand why footballers are treated any differently to any other person that gets paid well. Yeah. You look at say Chris Martin at Coldplay, mm-hmm. right? How much money does he make off concerts? How much money does he make off CD sales? How much money does he make off that? And yet nobody's like, it's disgusting how much he makes. It's an absolute disgrace that he's yeah. on 50 million a year. Whereas a Premier League footballer, because it's a working class lad who, you know, has come good through his footballing ability, it's almost like they don't deserve it. Mm. You don't deserve that sort of money. It's like that soccer aid thing that was on last night. Yeah, it's a great cause. Why don't all the celebrities just donate? Like, instead of us asking us to do it. Oh, definitely. And yet the celebrities don't get hammered with that sort of thing, but footballers do. No. Like, it doesn't It doesn't make any sense. Like, Leo Messi, Cristiano Ronaldo, the England stars, actually deserve the money they're on because they're, they're the top of their profession. And they deserve to be on £100,000 a week because that's actually what the Premier League makes. That's what mm, the World Cup, the tournaments, that's yeah. what it is. I mean, it's, it's a case of if you worked in a factory that made a billion pound a year and they were paying you 20 grand a year but you were the main person doing it yeah you get you paid more money wouldn't you yeah your pay is determined by the value of your labour uh-huh. essentially isn't it you and, know. and the Premier League's a profitable league now as well like wasn't it like 16 teams made a profit so it's not like they're getting overpaid well, supply no, and demand, really you, you, you'll, you'll get paid what, what you're sorry uh-huh. what, you, what you demand and if and, and if, if, so, if say what the team you're playing for doesn't pay it you'll go somewhere else exactly so it's, it's just it's just the, the market deterrent. But this is where the, the thing with Raheem Sterling, I feel, comes from. It, it's not necessarily a race thing. It's just a thing of why how you're can getting we, paid too yeah. much money for doing something that is a, a pleasure, but, it's like, but that's yeah, not Yeah, it's like works. you're a working class lad and you've excelled in your trade, which on the surface, you know, looks very menial in terms of, or looks very sort of trivial compared to the labour of someone who's working a nine to five. And, you know, obviously it's going to be a lot easier in a lot of respects. But I think all they need to do, all the tabloids need to do is take a notion like that and as long as they attach a hatred to this person from an early age, they've got a lifelong stream of front-page stories about how every single thing he does is wrong. I mean, there was an article the other day about, about Sterling and it was just like... It, it was completely irrelevant to him, but the, the headline or rather the first sentence read, two gunned down in America as Sterling gets his tattoo, as if there's some kind of correlation yeah, between link him putting action, ink yeah. on his skin and two people getting 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 shot in a different country. I mean, you know, obviously not to undermine those people's jets, but there's no Gun connection. Gun in America but, aren't, um, aren't really... No, aren't related. no there's, there's, there's no link. There is no, there is no way that, that Raheem Sterling's tattoo has caused a causal chain to come into existence. That's led to the deaths of these two people. But the son want this person to be hated. Or was it the son? It might, really it might have been the male. It's, it's, it's one of them. Yeah. I mean, like I say, they're all the same. You know, it's what, you know, like whoever the tabloid was have just decided they want this person to be hated. So they're going to find every single way that this person can even just remotely be linked to a story that can paint them in a negative light. I don't doubt for a moment that if we, if, you know, if we, let, let's say we lose one little Tunisia, it's not out of the question that the son could spin a story that says, 
England fail to score, but Sterling still shoots with his leg tattoo. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's like you can still have some like you know, there's you know, they'll, they'll find some way to to throw it's, it in. It's I'm just sure. Just a case with the press. Like I remember when the Olympics was here, and it, it's sort. Of, I remember when the everyone talking about the Olympics and they seem to be treated in a far different way to the yeah. professional footballers. But mm. what's curious is, is the Olympians, is, it's actually worse because they're actually funded by the government. Your, your yeah. taxpayers' money, the National Lottery Fund, yeah, pays and, for Olympians. And fundamentally, both are athletes, aren't they, really? You know. Yeah, but if you're going to pick on one than the other, the Olympians are the one you should pick on because they're the one doing something that you're Truly, paying yeah. them to do. You know, you don't care they don't about... They actually get paid, they get, get sponsored and they don't actually get paid. But for... the, the, it's funded, though, by, like, government grants, oh, yeah. National Lottery grants and stuff, mm. which... I think is almost, you know, a footballer doesn't actually, it makes the government money. Like, you know, they paid X amount of taxes, whereas, yeah, uh, it, it just seems to me. They are the more a, beneficial member of society, aren't they? It, ju- it just seems to me as though the, particularly the, the right wing press almost seem upset that these working class footballers yeah. are living their dream and getting paid lots mm. of money to do it. And we don't see that in American sports or anything. We don't either. really know. No, yeah. no. Anyway, I, I, I think, think we, that's a tangent yeah. we need to... Yeah, so money. They don't want the old. They want. They don't want the new money to be distributed among the yeah. working class. So yeah, to, sum, to summarise, Sterling's the scapegoat, and we're the only nation in the world who sabotaged the one place before a major tournament. So yeah, moving on. Jake Collinson says, if Northern Ireland qualified for this summer's tournament, would that have benefited McNair with all the room and interest, and would international exposure have helped up the fee a bit more? Well, I think yeah, that's a given, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, players I've... are at the tournament on that national stage. You, you, you're putting yourself in the shop window to the world at the yeah. World Cup. You know, you never know. If McNair, say, had a great tournament, you never know what manager's looking and even, you know, France, Italy, Spain, who goes, oh, that's exactly what we need. Mm. So, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I reckon, you know, a, a good run of games, you know, would probably open by two or three million, provided no injuries occur. So, yeah, pretty straightforward one there. Yep. Right, you then. Our, I believe, fifth and final question comes from Stuart Proctor who says, if you had a choice between England winning the World Cup or Sunderland getting promoted first time from League One, which would it be? I would obviously go with Sunderland. Yep, Sunderland. Well, I'm not sure, me. I'm not uh, sure. My allegiances, like as much as, uh, to be honest, my allegiances... The World Cup is a hell of a bigger achievement than winning League One. Like I'm not disputing that, but for me, what what means more to me is... I mean, if you were to say, offer me Sunderland winning... Hmm winning League One or getting promoted next year or a playoff final, winning the playoff final over England winning the World Cup, it's it's a no-brainer. Like I would I would press that agree, Sunderland yeah. box every but, time. Can you imagine taking, like rocking next, yeah. next May. I but Henderson and Pickford being World Cup champions, man. Oh, who cares? Not when it comes to the, the thing is the, the national team will play every two years every, every two years people get excited about it. But realistically it's a London club. Hmm. It's full of player. The FA has continually screwed Sunderland. You can look through the history books and find that, but it has, you know, fundamentally. Oh, I don't disagree. Darren Bent leaving goes back to the FA saying, you know, oh, you need to play for a bigger club. Well, mm. Capello, you need to move to play to Villa, yeah. who are 19th in the mm. league. Let's Kevin choose Phillips, Emil Heskey instead. Yeah, Kevin Phillips doesn't get picked for, well, he goes to Euro 2000, doesn't play because he plays for Sunderland and they're not big enough. And, well, Alan Shearer was there and all that sort of stuff. You know, Sam Allardyce thing, they're just tapped up Sam Allardyce even though it's against all their yeah. rules and you know that that was that sort I've got no I want England to do well but in terms of <laughs> I suppose my love, when you put it like that you've got, you've I got might, yeah I might be inclined what, what to you, when you're, sharply change my mind when you were like younger and you were thinking at night and you were like right okay what was your football dream because my football dream was always 
winning something at Sunderland. Like when I was a kid, that was the thing I would think mm. of, whether it be the FA Cup, whatever, Premier League. What would you would you think about winning the World Cup or would you think about winning think something at Sunderland? If I I think my dream, my ideal sort of just dream in a footballing context would be Sunderland winning the FA Cup or the Premier League. You know, but I think winning League One would obviously be fantastic. You know, the atmosphere would be you know the, the atmosphere would be like that we haven't seen in about seven or eight years now. You know, that since would be as a kid as a kid. Were you, would you um, was your dream to be scoring the winning goal in front of the North Stand at Stone Light or, or winning the World Cup? Matt, you know you raise a very good point. There. <laughs> you see, but that's the, that's the thing. Like that, that's exactly it. Like for yeah, me, I think uh, I think yeah. If if you phrase it like that, then Sunderland over England definitely. We've got every every week, right? We we come in, we will do the podcast, we write the Roker reports stuff every mm. week on Sunderland stuff. In the last year, it's been. Two years. It's been miserable. Mm. But we, you know, <laughs> we could win League One next year, couldn't we? But England can only win the World Cup once every like forty yeah, years or something. That, you know, that, we, England are crap. You know, like, Sunderland are good in this division allegedly. You know, so it's no. Nah, you've got the choice. Like it, it has to. I'd always, always, always side with Sunderland when it comes to them sort of things. Well, I'm I mean, undecided. World peace or Sunderland winning promotion. I mean, Sunderland yeah. winning promotion <laughs> every time. A controversial take from Bromley. But the thing is, though, but that's the thing that like matters most. most me. Cl- I think most supporters would say would say Clover Country. I think in yeah. this country we've got such yeah. a like our the depth of the football league. Mm-hmm. Like people are so ingrained with that clubs. Like it just seems, it seems silly to not pick yeah. the club. Well, I'll ask one one final question only to Connor before we conclude oh, this gosh. podcast. <laughs> if you could choose between Sunderland winning three trophies in a row, League One, the Championship and the Premier League, or regaining your youthful good looks and winning Miss Blythe 2018, oh <laughs> which would it be, sir? Uh, well, I mean, that's tough now you said it, but I'm fortunate in that, like, I got a girlfriend when I actually had my looks and she now loves us for my personality. Oh, well, I say that all the time. Like, what I did was I managed to get her when I was all right and then I've, I've, I've oh, got tremendous. her with, like, the yeah, personality yeah, yeah. now. So she Great. loves us despite my balding head <laughs> and my slight belly. So, I was going to say, you've got, you've got the... I've got the full package. <laughs> <laughs> He's already there. That's me in how many years? 20 years time, maybe? 20? 20, I don't oh, know. If you say so, mate. I don't know where, don't know where we're at with it. I admire your confidence. I think I would still pick uh, Sunderland by a mile. Yeah. Fair enough. I kind of see Beth leaving us. Yeah, so. well, if, if nothing, that only foregrounds your unrivaled loyalty to your club. Yeah, it is. That's exactly it. I clearly, mean, I, clearly I'm just a total Sunderland mercenary because I dare to entertain Blythe getting to win promoted or Sunderland getting promoted. Oof. No, yeah, that's that, that's when something. your loyalty started contending yeah, with each other. I, I think. But yeah, anyway, I think that just about concludes this it's first been, episode. It's been a, a, yeah. been a bit of a roller coaster, hasn't it? That's like I. It's it's weird being in here and not talking about something, but we've went for a good hour and what fifteen minutes probably. We have, like yeah. So anyway, yeah, thank you very much to Connor and Nick for joining me in the studio, and we'll be back following the first game of the tournament, which yeah. will be England's tussle with Tunisia. I'll also say that I'm doing a. Not Rogue Report. I don't actually know if it's going on the Rogue Report platform, but I am doing World Cup videos right, every well, yeah. other day. Well, Bromley's doing something, and you should definitely watch it. I think. What's it? I think it's. Oh, I think it's called Bromley's World Cup Diary. Bromley's World Cup Diary. Oh, Bromley's yeah. World Cup Diaries. Yeah, that's what it's going to be. I've right. bought some flags today. Yeah. Got every single nation's flag, a little one. Really? And wave. I've got the ones you know you see. Bromley's flags. Flags. Wait, I've got a big bag. Why not? I could see if I could get him on Jim Parsons Sheldon Cooper come on tremendous so, yeah, I don't know, actually, no, that, that should be coming up I don't know if it'll be on Roker Reports Twitter though I'll have to put well, scabs on yeah, it'll, it'll be somewhere I'm sure we're in the Roker Reports stratosphere we can find a way to sort of 
let let Bromley's World yeah. Cup diary just orbit a bit, you know, just for the that could be it. So yeah, that, that's all my announcements. But yeah. So anyway, thank you very much for tuning in, and we will see you after the Tunisia game. Adios. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.